Good afternoon, and welcome to episode 18 of Wing Sauce, the Kurt Malpy edition. Um, and this is definitely a special one because he is a grind liner, uh, a grind line. Grind We're liner. starting over. We're starting over. <laughs> Either way, he, he was he was a member of the grind line, and uh, we have somebody on uh, who's actually a part of the grind line. So. Um, before I get to anything else, uh, before I get to Dustin and Connor and ask you guys how you're doing, wanted to let you know this episode is brought to you by Loaded Dice Brewery. Good beer shouldn't be a gamble. What's going on, boys? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm obviously not struggling with my words today, Tyler. Can't even get it out. What the hell you're talking about? Uh, I'm Sorry, super you'll, excited. You'll, you'll screw up. You'll screw up pretty no, soon here. I will not. I've been or practicing. Usual. I'm doing the unique new york thing in the mirror so I'm, I'm on top of my shit but uh super excited about today's interview uh connor how you doing buddy not bad i'm sure i'll mess up with uh something that i say throughout this episode so i'll bring everybody back to earth <laughs> we're, we're you know what we're, we're all uh we're all not perfect even though justin thinks he is but right. uh, i'd beg to differ <laughs> i'd beg to differ uh so Finally starting to maybe see the end, the light at the end of the tunnel for staying at home. What are you guys thinking? I have no idea. Is is there, are there any like newer updates about that? No, I was just being hopeful. Oh. <laughs> you just want there to be an update on that. Yeah. yeah. That- uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like some people are going back to work, uh, back to work, but um, it seems like we still got, got some time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave Portnoy posted a uh, um, like a little clip on COVID nineteen and how he felt about it. I thought it was pretty interesting because, like you know, before they're saying, "Oh, flatten the curve, flatten the curve," and now they're like, "Oh, wait, now I need to find a cure." And he's like, "Wait, what the fuck? You can't just say flatten the curve, flatten the curve." Now say we need to find a cure. It was pretty good. I'll send it to you guys in the chat, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, Um, he's right though. The narrative completely changed. It was flatten the curve, stay inside, and now people are. It, what was he saying in the video? Something along the lines of, um, like in California, they're not going to reopen. The mayor, any- yeah, the, the the mayor of was it L.A. said we're not yep, going to reopen anything until we find a cure. It's like, whoa, what? What are you yeah, talking? I mean, he made, about? he made a really good point though. He's like, you know, for someone to say, hey, you can't work, you can't work. You know, you spend all your time, your blood, your sweat, your tears building up a business, and like, oh, we'll just come back to it. Well, what happens is you come back and it's not there. It's just fuck you. 20 years of your life just burnt down the, you know, just burnt down. You're supposed to start over. That's not as easy said as done. E- Damn it, Tyler. There you go. There's my fuck up. <laughs> Man, we, we need some hockey news in, uh, in this episode because we can fall down the rabbit hole pretty quick. But I, I agree with what you guys are saying. And it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. No doubt. Well, some hockey news. <laughs> NHL.com posted the team North America roster for 2020 for players under 23. I did not know uh, Randy Carlisle put it together. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. mm, Precisely. Give me, give me Uh, a a synopsis on it. All right. All right. A little rundown. Uh, First line forwards, Barzell, McDavid, Debrinket, second line, Kyle Connor, Matthews, uh, Marner, third line, Kachuk, Eichel, uh, Konechny. Yeah, okay. I was like, I don't look that one. Fourth line, Kachuk. Let me rephrase that. Matthews on third line, Brady's on fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke the boy on uh, fourth, and uh, Bozer uh, also. Extra forward, good old Dylan Larkin made it. Ew. There we are. Uh, right? Not a big deal. Good job, Larkin. Uh, defenseman, Warinsky, Makar, um, Shabbat, McAvoy, Hughes, and Fox. Extra defenseman, Gerard. Uh, goalies, Carter Hart and Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, also, I've Premier. never heard of uh, Primo. I've never heard of Caden Primo. Primo? I haven't either. Uh, he had two starts this NHL season. <laughs> All right. Well, they got to have, they got to have a third because they can't have a, a, a they can't have an e bug for for the uh, the World Cup. <laughs> it's got to be someone under twenty three. So they had to find someone, I guess. 
Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I mean, that that's an unbelievable lineup. Um, I, I mean, miss the World Cup or the, you know, IHF Hockey World Cup they used to have. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous that Larkin was like, he made it as the extra forward. I think that he could easily be on, on any one of these lines. Um, I mean, the fourth line is Kachuk, Luke Dubois, and, and Besser. I mean, that's that's an insane line right there. Yeah, it's not too uh, bad. It is. <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it, it's hard to like fit him in, right? Because we we are biased yeah. as shit over here. We love we love Dylan Larkin in the wings, but like all those players. I mean, could you imagine a, any of those lines just in general if they actually had that line rolling with the team? No, what was that first line again? First line was Barzell, McDavid, and Debrinket. Yeah, no, that's okay. enough. A lot of speed on that line. Yeah. Uh, yes, a lot of fucking speed on that line. And then the, I think the second line is pretty unreal too. That's uh, Austin Matthews centering and uh, Kyle Connor and Mitch Marner on the wings. <laughs> That's yeah, pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah. I mean the chemistry on that second line. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wait, did I uh, was I not paying attention? But did we bring up who who we're having on this episode? Sorry, no, I, 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 I did mention that it was a, um, a yeah. grind line member, not a grind liner. Yeah, it's like I don't the longest know why that came out. It's been like yeah. seven minutes and we haven't even said anything. Do you want to take it away, Tyler? Yeah, definitely. So we had our first uh, former Red Wing on. Tyler's, Tyler's uh, crush growing up. <laughs> yeah. Tyler was wearing oh, the jersey, absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> you ask, it, it, it was hanging up from the, uh, from the video. Um, and yeah, so anybody who knows me knows that my favorite player growing up was, was Darren McCarty. I mean, it's, it's no secret. And it was, you know, I, I've met him not personally one-on-one. This was the first interaction that I've had as close to being one-on-one as possible. And I thought that the, the whole thing was amazing. He's a, such a down-to-earth guy. Um, I've already heard some of the stories because, you know, I've, I've read his book. I've listened, listened to him in public speaking events, whatever. But I wanted to hear your guys' opinion. What did you guys think of, uh, of the whole thing? I mean, for me anyway, I, I agree. I mean, he's just a very down to earth guy, a guy that doesn't have to be down to earth, if that makes sense. You know, just uh, we, you know, we're going to talk about it, but just what he's done professionally and, and even out of hockey and some of the, the hoops he's had to go through, um, you know, it, it says a lot. And he has some pretty cool stories. So I, I really enjoyed it. And like you said, he, he was just a really easy guy to talk to, very conversational, and it was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree 100% Connor. Um, it was really enjoyable having him on. Super easy to talk to. Made you feel like one of his buddies, you know. Uh, that's what I think made it nice. Jumped right in. Uh, didn't miss a beat. Great stories. Like Tyler said, I've read his book too. Um, so kind of hearing those stories firsthand from him um, verbally as opposed to being written was, you know, quite awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there were a couple things that we wanted to bring up that we, I mean, we, we do say this about every single guest that comes on, but with McCarty, we literally could have gone forever with him and it probably still wouldn't have been enough time. If we wanted to, we wouldn't have got out of like his junior days before he was drafted. Like even the story, you know, we didn't even talk about that really. We, I mean, right. we touched on his last and people hear it, but you know, just touch on his last year playing juniors, like super quick. And, and you could have spent and he was captain that hour. year, by the yeah. way. <laughs> right. Yeah. For Belleville. Yeah. And he didn't even mention that he was captain. Right. Yeah. Crazy. He, um, he also didn't mention, uh, when in juniors, he, uh, so Wayne Gretzky's younger brother, um, Dang, I, for, I forget Wayne's younger brother's name, but he, uh, maybe Brent Gretzky or something like that. I can't remember. It was his younger it's brother. It's not the great one. So. And No, not the great one. But last name is Gretzky. He's a, he's a pretty darn good player too. And uh, McCarty said that um, he actually like beat him for like the scoring title, had more goals and points and whatever. So he said, he said even though it's not Wayne, I still outscored a Gretzky. And not a lot of people yeah. can say that. <laughs> <laughs> true that that's something i'd say for the rest of my life so kudos to him mm-hmm. absolutely no i i just everything i mean you you could have you could have tried to expect what he was going to say and and the stories he would tell but 
no matter what, he exceeded any expectation that I had for sure. And I'm yeah, not saying say that just because I'm a fanboy. I mean, he's uh, he's an awesome guy. And before we before we even began, he started assigning Dustin, Connor, and myself like who we are on the grind line. It was kind of funny, but uh, but yeah, it, he was he's such a down to earth guy. And man, and I mean, we don't want to give too much away, but it's just I I really hope that anyone listening. Um, you know, we wanted to ask a little bit of hockey and a little bit of personal because, you know, Darren is more than just a player. He's got a lot going on outside of hockey. Um, he's got a lot going on within the sport of hockey, but uh, we wanted to kind of, you know, even the scales with those questions. And I think we did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's awesome. Uh, you know, like you said, he's got a lot of stuff going on with his podcast, Grind Time with Darren McCarty. Um, you know, jumping on our podcast, helping out there, um, being around the Red Wings organization. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome having on, uh, Nick over at, uh, Darren McCarty, um, his website helped us get him on. And so thank you, Nick, for that. Uh, Tyler, anything else before we kick it over to, to Darren's interview? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm all set. Connor, are you good? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Awesome. Let's kick it over. What a stick he's got. Is having a great final. As good as they thought he would be. Darren McCarty comes back with Neiman in front of him. McCarty draws. McCarty in. McCarty scores! A magnificent goal! Darren McCarty! Wow. We have our first our first Red Wing on the Wing Sauce podcast. He was drafted 46th overall in the 1992 draft, 15 seasons in the NHL, 758 games, 1,477 PIMS, four Stanley Cups. He is the rock star of Detroit, uh, the hockey rock star of Detroit. Please welcome to the Wing Sauce Podcast, Darren McCarty. How you doing? Thank you, Tyler, Connor, Dustin. Um, you went straight to the top. Uh, I like setting the, the bar high because no matter who you get to follow, they won't be able to tell it like I will. Just because usually the guys that tell it like they, they got uh, handcuffs on them. So I, and, and like like I was saying to you before we started recording, you know, it's we're in 2020 and we all, you know, are I think because of this pandemic uh, technologies kept going, but we've been able to sit out, slow down and. And I don't know too many times you'll be able to watch uh, old games on Fox where there's nothing else on sports-wise so you can sit back and you can remember and then you say, man, well, we do that too. So I want everybody to know we're all in this together. So um, I look forward to this and I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys got for me. Yeah, absolutely, man. How are you keeping busy in quarantine? You know what? I actually, and it's funny because I got a call that I got a call from Trevor Thompson from Fox um, about two weeks in, and he goes, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, bro. I'm actually get getting into this. Uh, I'm uh, embracing my introvert because I didn't there know." There you I go. Was yeah. Um, and I actually, the first six weeks or so, man, I didn't leave my house. You know, but for what I had to go do. So when uh, I have an, I, uh, my sobriety in my uh, happy place in Florida. So when they opened the beach last week, I went back to my place in Florida for the week. So I'm all energized on fun. And so it's all good, but just like everything else, I've been doing uh, some grind time with Darren McCarty. We do that on NRM streamcast and, you know, coming on, coming on uh, programs like yourselves and just, you know, letting everybody know we're going through this together and uh, you know, we have history together, but also too, is everybody's doing their best. So. Absolutely. No, 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 that's awesome. And, and, and I hope you don't mind. I kind of just want to dive in. We all have so many questions for you. And, and again, we really appreciate, appreciate you being on, but to, to dive right in, I mean, you're drafted, like Tyler said, 46 overall in 92. I mean, I, I'd love to know a little bit more about what was going through your mind as you get, as you get drafted, you know, walking in the locker room for the first time in an NHL locker room and, and meeting some of the guys that I can only imagine you looked up to for, you know, a few years before that. So I'd love to just, you know, yeah. hear your thoughts on that. 
Well, it, the the I consider myself Michigan's favorite stepson because I grew up in Leamington across the border, which give or take for 10 minutes at the border was probably 40 minutes to Joe Lewis. So I grew up a Wings fan, um, you know, early 80s when Mr. Illich bought the team and stuff. And people say, well, man, that's like 10 years old. How can you be a Wings fan? They stunk. And I said, yeah, but I had Lance Parrish and Gibby and I had the Tigers, the 84 Tigers, you know, like <laughs> – they got me through. That's why thinking growing up around here now, man, it sucks to be a, a kid because you got nothing to really lay your hat on um, team wise. So for me, I was <laughs> I my last year junior because I didn't get drafted till I was a, as a 19 year old, which I'd gone through the draft already. And most of the high talent would go when they were 18. And I was a late developer, but I I won the player of the year for the OHL my last year, led the league in goals. I always like to let everybody know that Maltz had a great year. He had 50 goals, but I had 55. <laughs> um, and and he, now I got it. So when we do interviews, he brings it up. So I can't, which is perfect. So, I mean, I win. Um, but uh, I was pissed that uh, I didn't go in the first round of Detroit. I wanted to go to Detroit because I thought that, that I was going to go to Ottawa early in the second. And when I didn't, and to have that for the team you grew up on, you know the history. I'd been to Olympia, you know, been to Joe Lewis when they were giving away cars, you know, seen the Bruce Brothers, obviously, and grew up on that. And to hear my name called, it was just the, the, the chill through my body is the thing I remember. It was just like that chill that, you know, sometimes when you get a, a gift or maybe when you get excited, you get that chill. Well, it was like the body chill and it was just something that, uh, you know, dream come true, but it also, yeah. And the best part was, was because I lived so close, I got to train at Joe Lewis arena and get to know, get to meet Dave Lewis. And at the time the arena football team was down there. Um, so Tim Markham and, um, the, the, the soccer team. So I got to, you know, be familiar a little bit earlier, but I was also the kid that this is my team. So everything was like Disney world, but you know, for me, I knew uh, I was going to go play in the minors and the key with the, my style of play that I was told by Brian drum when I went to play junior B is that to make it to the NHL, you got to do one thing better than 99.9% .9 of people. And for me, it's playing physical. So, that year in Adirondack, I put up some points, but I had 200 and, I don't know, 78 penalty minutes. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> I knew with Proby, I knew that he needed a Batman, needed a Robin, or he needed a, uh, you know, a, a younger gun to help him out. And, uh, you know, it just so happened that when Scotty Bowman came in, uh, 93 season, uh, I made the team and uh, the rest is history. Darren, I, I wanted to fast forward a little bit when when you got into when you got into the wings. I know one of your first NHL fights in your first season was against Joe Koser. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah I wrote about it in my book, My Last Fight, True Story of a Hockey Rockstar, and and uh, like Joey Koser, right? Because here, guys, seriously, there's a survey <laughs> I've done. The only thing more lethal than Joe Koser's right is Thor's hammer. Get that in your which means. See, guys you want to fight are like, say, the Marty McSorley guys. And why do I say that? Even though the fight will last a long time, he might break your nose maybe or cut you or give you a bruise, but it's he's not going to end your career. Joey Kosher, Tony Twist, Dave Brown, guys that could put their fist through your face. So, But it didn't matter. You got to do things, you know, you want to play in the NHL. So my rookie year, he was with uh, the Rangers and Joe Serena in the corner. And I'm a lefty and I squared off right against him because I didn't care how it went. I wasn't going to get hit by that right. He threw it. I ducked. He took a piece of my helmet off. We got in a headlock. We hit our heads on the ice. He looks at me and he goes, you all right, kid? I looked at him and I said, thanks for not killing me, Mr. Kosher. <laughs> Which I tell everybody, listen, if you don't kill me, then I'll haunt you for the rest of your life. And in that, in Joey's case, one of my best friends to this day, and we got three cups together. So it worked out. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, speaking speaking of fights, there was definitely one that you were particularly known for, and I think Dustin wanted to, to ask about that. Yep. Darren, I, I'd have to ask, March 26, 1997. I have the picture 
a gigantic picture. I'm staring at it right now. If you could just tell us about that fight. Well, let me break it down for you because the picture you got is three of four, right? Mark Hicks took took the photo, and and there's I actually have the there's a um, sequence of events. But the whole thing with that guys, it's it's a story in life because what happened to Chris Draper the year before when Claude Mew hit him from behind. I don't care in life and sports, bad things happen, but you can't lose respect for a fellow human being. The fact that there would have been repercussions because that's the way hockey does it. But the fact Claude Mew said you never, he, he's not sorry. You never would have heard of Chris Draper. And, and it just made Draper millions of dollars. That doesn't sit right with me as far, even on a personal level. I mean, you're going to get a visit to your house if that's the case. And, so the fact that I tell everybody the way that it played out, but the fact that we set the league record as a team, lost to, lost to Colorado in the conference finals that year, I mean, the year, after the year before losing to Jersey in the finals, I mean, you know, you had a lot of time to think about it. I had a lot of time to, to see what was going to happen. Drove myself crazy. I remember at the beginning of March, um, I – get on my knees and go, God, I can't, I don't know. I can't handle this. I'm driving myself insane. I said, just whatever you do, let me be the messenger. So if you, whatever, it's something greater than yourselves. Don't be afraid to throw it out there because we, the bottom line. And if you watch the rush five documentary, Shani says it, and, and it's not to get off topic, but it's so cool to hear different guys talk about different things. When we never talk about it to, to see exactly the same what it meant because you know nothing was said before. So, anyways, if anybody gets mad at any, if any, if Claude's gonna get mad at anybody, it should be uh, Forsberg because Larry Onuf started with him, and you know the rest <laughs> of three foot grabs me, Danny gets me loose. I end up Cole Cock and Lemieux and trying to rip his head off and smashing his face on the boards. I don't even know the goalies are fighting. You know, that was great in itself, but the bottom line, we were down by two goals at two points in that in that game to come back and the god shot is is that we took them to overtime and I scored the overtime winner. So I got four minutes for roughing a ten minute misconduct. I didn't even get a fighting major for <laughs> fight. So November eleventh of ninety seven, the next year is when we fought ESPN right off the draw. And that was one of my favorite fights because because he blasted me. I said, I called him everything. Like, you can't get away with calling people, talking to people like that. But it was, I was, I was as disrespectful on purpose as I could be on the face off. Then, then he, he popped me and I was like, all right, good. We're going to fight now. So that was more. I got some licks in then. <laughs> did he surprise you on that one? I, I know that it was, uh, yeah, I mean, no, I didn't he's not much of a fighter, right? No, well, he got guys. He's six. He's bigger than I am, so I mean, he's solid as a rock, strong as an ox. But who cares? I mean, he's not the biggest guy, <laughs> you know. Like, right? You've, mean, already, you've already beat his ass point. once. Like the dog in this fight is that the it's it's just the way some of us are built is that we don't have when we put our minds to it. You know, our, our shut off valve is death in good ways and in bad ways. And it's just it takes some of us to learn how to uh, avoid the, the alternative. Oh, absolutely. Now I, I wanted to go back to the, the March 26th fight because you know, the, the season was coming to an end. You guys obviously, you know, were zero three at that point against Colorado. You got that win, that whole game kind of solidified, you know, so to say cemented that team as brothers and, Talk about how important that was going into playoffs. And obviously, um, you know, you guys swept Philly. They were heavily favored going into the finals. And uh, so talk a little bit about that. Well, you make you you bring up a great point. Because at the end of that game, after scoring an overtime goal, we beat them. It wasn't just the team, the building, the city, the state. It was wing wheel nation everywhere. It was a proverbial big sigh. It's going to be all right. I don't know what it means, but it's going to be all right. Right. And then, and then mm-hmm. it plays out that because it gave you, it gave all of us, whether you were the part of the team, it's just that feeling like we could, we could handle anything because of, of 
even the years before of coming close. And, you know, I tell everybody that, that that exact feeling, there's only one other time I've had it. And I was there when they introduced Steve Eisman as general manager of the Detroit Red Wings last year. And it, I had that same feeling, you know, like, Ooh, everything's going to be all right. I don't know. I don't know when, but it's the culture and it's the same thing done by the same guys just in a different way. So why won't it, or why it, it can not, not work in my mind. It's just when, how long it takes to work because, because the bottom line is that Steve Eisman, Pat B, Chris Draper are three of the hardest working human beings um, in the world that I know that I respect the work ethic. So you know, it, it always starts from the top. You get me on a diatribe, and that's the difference between, you know, the big difference between the Lions organization is until the ownership changes, nothing will change. Well, you Exactly. Look, you look at what we have, and we have stuff to look forward to. Don't get it twisted, though, boys. There's a di- We're going through a different kind of suck, right? We're making the playoffs. Exactly, we, yeah. And expect to win, and then you don't win. That's When we'll be talking about it then, you'll be saying, hey, remember back in May during the quarantine – you know, three years ago, and I said, yep, this sucks, sucks, but worse, don't it? They all suck. Embrace the suck and work your way through it. Exactly. And so uh, going going all the way through through those 97 playoffs and then going against Philly, I believe you scored the uh, the game the game winning goal, or the cup clinching goal, excuse me, in, in game four. So what was going through your mind on that um, when – was it Sandstrom that passed you the, the breakout pass? Yeah, exactly. Dump it in. I mean, Stevie <laughs> Stevie said it, follow me up the ice. You Mac has one move and don't try it now. I told him, <laughs> I said, I, Ian McCarty, knew we were at the end of the shift and, and was one-on-one, and I went to dump it in, and I guess just that move happened. I tell everybody – it's all timing. I beat one guy one-on-one my whole career. You just got to do it for the Stanley Cup clinching goal. And, you know, the last thing I, I – and I remember going, oh, my God, I got him beat. And at the corner of my eye, there's this orange flash. And I just pulled it, and I tell everybody, you know what? You know why I scored? Because I said, please don't miss the net. And then I did a couple <laughs> of And then it takes it all back to your draft question because when I come out of the corner doing the pirouettes, who do I see? Steve Eiserman. You know, childhood idol, eyes the size of dinner saucers going, what the F was that? <laughs> and him and his and his and his great uh big brotherly way says, Thank God you don't have to do it again. And you know, that was good. <laughs> it worked out. Lindros scored with like eleven seconds left. I was on the ice for the for the buzzer, you know. It, it, it was it was a great night, to say the least. No, that, that, that's, un- that's unbelievable. And Tyler, I think you even mentioned it. It's just, you could really see the, the brotherhood in that team. And, and that carried over throughout, you know, of, of course, the off season and, uh, you know, going into 98. But then you have that, that Stanley Cup, uh, you know, the back, back-to-back Stanley Cup uh, champs, right? And, and going into 98. So just talk about, well, you, you know, all you have to do throughout that off season and throughout the season, just with that brotherhood and, and then winning. Well, I think it, the, the biggest test is you lose – you go from the highest to from the highest to highs and lowest to lows because three right. days later, you know, you pretty much lose one of your top defensemen, teammates, and body. So, I think it really showed for us to go back to back in the believe year that it wasn't about us, but just how tough, resilient, and you know that year it was easier because it wasn't about us. We go into the dressing room every like I sat down, Nick sat beside Vladdy's, but he was only a few away around the. You know, he was only a few stalls away. So you see that every day. You know, you see his empty stall. And as Igor says, you know, to know that he won't probably be, you know, normal ever again. We, we got, you know, so you got to get on the bike for a little bit or you got to do, you know what, come on. So that was a t- like we, that's how we mourned. That was the time. So we mourned and it carried us through. And then, you know, Sergade held out and then, he got the offer sheet, but then that was the best thing. He came back and he was fresh in the Washington series and took it over and have Vladdy back on the ice to, for the, for the cup pitcher. That was, uh, you know, that, that was for all it. And for all of us, I mean, for you guys out there, anybody who remembers that, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, that was just the epitome of uh, brotherhood right there. Exactly. That's probably, you know, one of the greatest pictures in, in hockey history. You know, I, that's, I think that's just awesome. Well, yeah. everything, you guys, everything's got a story and it's not, it's just what, like that's one. You look at last year um, with St. Louis with their, uh, with their girl. Um, Absolutely. I forget her name, but, you know, I around it because it's people and, and trust me when it's, when it's, when you give and when it's greater than you get outside yourself, and whenever, dude, the greatest advice I was given is whenever you're feeling bad or sorry for yourself, go do something for somebody. Because it, and it's whether they say thank you or not, it's not about that. It's you getting outside yourself. That's the, you know, some of the best advice. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, I like that too. Now, with with the ninety, the back to back Stanley Cups, I would say that's when you know Hockey Town was was definitely and running on all cylinders. Um, I would say that 97 and 98 were probably my favorite Stanley cups, but when it comes to the most skilled, uh, when it like for teams, I think the Oh one Oh two definitely takes the cake. Um, so talk about all of those hall of fame players that were on, on that lineup. That must've been unreal that entire year. All right, Tyler, I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to Iserman you a little bit right now and say, <laughs> wow, did you get that? Cause there's fucking 11 hall of famers on that. Team. <laughs> yes. Is that, is that how you you did your deduction about? Uh, <laughs> anyways, no, no. But th- think about that. So, um, you know, that's where Scotty Bowman, the brilliance, is that he wasn't the greatest, just the greatest coach. He's greatest psychologist because he taught you didn't teach people the same. You know, he really had. He really knew you. And the and the difference with Scotty is you knew that no matter what, it was all about winning the cup. He didn't care about feelings or anything else, but he cared about the cup, right? It wasn't about him personally. It, was, it wasn't anything like that. So to bring in Luke Robitaille, Dominic Hasek, and Brett Hull, and, and where Robitaille, it's, it's one thing to be expected to do something, and it's another thing to do it. And, and that's what that was through the resilience. And it wasn't easy, right? We get down to the to Vancouver and, and, you know, lose the first game of the finals, Carolina, but it didn't matter. I think that experience, what we'd gone through, um, the guys that were there through 97, 98, and even 99 as the wheels fell off for a bit through injuries and stuff, um, you know, making moves, but yeah, to, to look around that is, is that's probably, you know, going to be one of the greatest, you know, Hall of Fame teams to get it done. You know, the bottom line is we got it done. So, you know, every every cup has a storyline. You know, they're like kids. It's like you love them all differently, right? You know, for some right. for different reasons. You love them all the same. You don't love one differently, but it's they all have storylines to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I'm just going to play off the kind of the Hall of Fame talk here, but you know, in that 2002, it was 2002 uh, when this happened, but, you know, you have this team, a bunch of Hall of Famers, you have the young stud, you know, that suit coming in, it, it, but it wasn't any of them scoring a, a hat-trick in the Western Conference Finals against Wah. Can, can you tell me a little bit about what was going through your mind as he scored that third goal? Guys, here's here's the kicker on the story, right? And we're coming up because it, it's, uh, I, it's the 17th, or it'll be the 18th. I only know this. My son's birthday is May 20th, right? So the first game of the conference finals, the Saturday, the 18th. So it's Friday night. Um, He's going to be six. So we're like anybody else, five years old, playing sticks in the basement and stuff. And I said to him, I said, hey, Griff, your birthday's Monday. Monday. Uh, What do you want for your birthday? He stops. He looks at me. He says, score me a goal, Dad. (laughs) And I'm like uh, thinking to myself, I'm like, Dude, it's the conference finals. I'm on the grind line. We're in charge of keeping the puck out of the net. What? And and I go to dad mode. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's individual stuff, bro. We're about team. You know, what about the party on the back? That crest on the front. Doesn't doesn't miss the beat. Looks at me, goes, Stevie would have said yeah. <laughs> so not only the best part is I scored a natural hat trick in the third period. Um we won 5-3, and Griffin was in the, the hallway when I came off the ice for first star, and I looked at him, and I said, 
there you go, bud. I didn't get you one. I hope you're not mad. And he goes, no, <laughs> dude, that was awesome. I go, yeah, Stevie would only got you one. Never <laughs> <laughs> ask me to do that ever again. <laughs> two, things, two things I told never ask me to do again. That and um, and after uh, that 02, when I put him on my shoulders with the cigar, when we won in 08, uh, he was too big. I told him after 02, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Darren, after after you scored that uh, that hat trick, I think I read in your book that Steve Stevie Y said something in the free press. He said something like, "I have a uh, I have a better chance at winning the lottery than Mac does at at getting a hat trick." <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what? I wish I just said I wish I could get some percentage on what his lottery win is going to be. I mean, don't <laughs> listen. I can't, I don't do, dude, I get out of my way. I realize now, I wish I would have realized a lot earlier. Cause like I said, we all know that I have some highs of highs and lows of lows, but um, you know, in 2020 it's, it's, and that's what I love to talk about. And I'm not afraid of where I've come from. It's made me who I am, but I'm not also afraid as I know, I know what I don't want, you know, and I encourage people that, you know, it's not necessarily that you need to, to to need to know where you're going, but you've got to surround yourself with the right people and know who you are, self-awareness. So Stevie's been preaching self-awareness to me for 20, 30 years, and I just sort of finally figured it out now that he came back. Actually, you guys, I told him I'd get sober and stay sober if he came back to GM, and he said he wanted to see me do it for a few years. And so that's the – behind the scenes story um allegedly so if i say allegedly i can't <laughs> i mean that's, thank you i could have recollected yeah. it that it sounds good to me <laughs> absolutely we, yeah, we can, we can all say right thank you over here yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> we we knew someone had to be pulling those strings so yeah thank you we appreciate yeah, that you know you know it, baby so just i'm just saying like <laughs> so pretty much stevie said you know that Shit, I don't even play the lottery. See, I quit gambling. Well, not slots. I love slots. I quit sport. I quit every other form of gambling. Hey, do you know how, guys, I'll tell you this. And this is also two to the point. 2020 Michigan. Cannabis is legal. Gambling's legal. And I have a 7 to 8 o'clock show Friday nights on WJR. What the, McFrig? Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. So... I don't do it. I mean, the big fellas got me on this path and I just sort of figured out <laughs> I'm in the right chair now. That's right. So, um, what I, I have one, one more hockey question before we can, we can get into like a little bit of like what you're up to right now and everything. But I, I definitely wanted to ask this because I don't think, a, I don't think a lot of people know exactly what you had to go through in order to come back in 2008. I mean, you, you busted your ass to, you know, you, you had to become sober. You had to work your ass off to, to work back in the lineup. Nothing was, you know, nothing was given to you. So I wanted you to, to kind of explain that because, I mean, with me yeah, watching, uh, watching you ever I'll, since I'll, I was a little uh, kid, I was pumped. And I appreciate it, Tyler, because it's very important. Um, because, it's the, you know, the truth is you, you, there's no reason to hide the truth. And when the lockout came – in 2004, I was making too much money, and, and really I had sort of lost my passion, and my passion got elsewhere, you know, the, uh, more to, to the band. But uh, when I look back, it was more running away from personal problems than it was anything else, and instead of running to, to hockey like I usually was able to and, and coming out that way, you know, it, it cost me – I was making too much money on the salary cap, so I was going to, it was my fault. You know, it was my, I didn't, I made it easy. And I was very lucky that I got to go play for Daryl Sutter in Calgary. And I love Calgary. I love Jerome McGinley. He's, he's in the Steve Eisenman uh, echelon in my book. And it was a fun first year. And then, then the second year I got my third or second sport hernia. And uh, that was a disaster. I got back into drinking and, um, that didn't end well. So what I, I, what I had to do is I had to come back to Michigan and I came back cause I didn't have a contract and it was December and I, who'd I go to? I went to my best friend, Chris Draper. And I just said, because this is important. I always live by never say what if, 
You know, if I would only done it, I I used to hear it all the time. Well, if he were, you know, if this would I no, I don't live by any excuses, which means you, you have to give it all you got. So for me, it was just, I thought I had something left. And with the team at the time, with Grace Maltz, Homer, Nick, and the Euro Twins and Pat, and I thought that there's something I could help in the dressing room at least. And I was going to do my best. So we sat down and um, I started off in the eye in Flint. And I really got the love of the game again back because, uh, you know, and it was something that Kenny gave me a tryout um, in Grand Rapids. My first game there, I had a hat trick. So there's two lottery wins. <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then it worked out that I, the last guy I had to prove it to was Babcock. But I it worked out because through injuries to Holmstrom and Franz, and I was able to play 17 out of the 22 games. And I'm very proud of having four cups with Drapes, Maltz, Homer, and Nick. So, um you know, and it, it was just something that then the next year coming back, I, I really enjoyed working with the guys, you know, when they were young, the Abdulkaders, the Ericsons, the Howards, the Helmers, you know, in Grand Rapids and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, then 09 came around and, and at the end of the season, my body, I was just done. And uh, so to be able to have that other cup again and, and to be able to sort of walk away on my own terms. That was uh, just to let everybody know it can be done. I don't, you know, so it was something that, it, that that one was just to, and to prove to people, it's never, if you want it bad enough and it's meant to be, and you keep your intentions pure, that it'll work itself out. So um, I'm grateful and always have been, and even more, you know, in the past, you know, 10 years, uh, to the organization as much as I was when I played. Yeah. So, so now you have no more what ifs you already, you came back, you won your fourth cup and you know, like you said, you got to listen to your body. If, if uh, I, I do it all the time, I actually did it today when I was going for a run, my right knee was telling me I got to stop. So uh, I did that, came back in and uh, you know, grabbed myself a beer cause I deserved it. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, hey, Darren McCarty brand topical out of pink Canada. Um, the CBD rub, uh, for your joints and shit. Uh, it's, uh, like that. The biggest thing I tell everybody, if they want to go on a cannabis journey, the, let your body work for itself, but to get the, uh, full spectrum hemp, uh, uh, THC free CBD, it'll help your body heal itself. And, you know, that's the one thing is, as, is if, if I cared enough about being alive as I did 20 years ago, dude, I'd be in much, I'm not better shape, shape. I just, you know, it, it would have been interesting. Right. Yeah, I, I believe actually, so uh, Dustin, um, he's very interested in, in this sort of stuff. So I, he has a couple questions teed up for you on, on that. Cause he's been, you know, paying attention to, to the company you're involved with and everything. So take it over, Dustin. Yeah, Darren, uh, I, I know you're really um, into the cannabis scene. So what, what company do you, are you currently partnered with or what are you currently Pink doing in the, in the business? So, so Pincana, P-I-N-C-A-N-N-A, which is a $200 million seed to sale facility processing of everything up at exit 181 in Pinconning. So it's right off of 75. And, you know, so... The Darren McCarty brand is so they're the, and this is what's important and and anything cannabis. Do not tell me what you're using, what you're smoking, what. Don't tell me what, tell me who, right? Who it came Mm -hmm. from, who grew it, where did it come from, or, right? Because I can direct you not only to understand, um, you know, what goes in it. So bottom line, Pinkana, it's the people that um, involve. So if you know it, the Radical Genetics, which is one of the top breeders, Chemdog91, which is an old school um, guy, Michigan 2.0 Organics, Vince from uh, from uh, Grand Haven, he, uh, he's the one that does the topical, which, by the way, I'm going to be the first uh, four-time Stanley Cup cannabis cannabis cup winner um, <laughs> yeah, I but it's the product so when you see so i want it and pin our the emblem 
um, like you'll see the Darren McCarty brand to make it symbol. But if it's so my thing is if you can't, cause it's an education, if you can't get the things you need, what is the next thing? So when you see Pincana, I want people to incorporate just like the Red Wing, Darren McCarty, stuff like that. Now in saying that we all live different places. We all have access to different things. So if you can't get something like that, then there's different, different companies that I tell people to use. You know, one of the big, Jerry Millen, um, who owns the greenhouse in Walled Lake, is a great friend of mine because we used to do uh, Mac and Millen on 97.1 back in the 90s. Uh, I do a once-a-week uh, radio show with him, but he's a good friend and 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 his staff and educated. And the one thing is that I'm just the vessel of the information. I, have, I just know the, the right people who have the answers to the questions that need to be asked. And, uh, and it's just the same thing. It's like, uh, it's like the Lemieux thing. Um, this plant saved my life, um, from alcoholism and literally from my body shutting down. Um, you can read about that in my book, but through the RSO. So, so I, out of my respect and gratitude to the plant, I must be its greatest warrior. And and all is speaking the truth. And the and the truth about cannabis, it's your own personal journey. That's it. So whatever you want it to be. And I, I just want everybody, what I look for nowadays, fellas, is that when you say something to anybody about me, you just say, he's looking for, if you are, what do you mean by that person? Send them my way. If they want to argue, you might as well send them to Google. Show my fight tape because the minute they show up, I don't question anything. And it's not me because you won't get to me. It's it's the team around me that doesn't allow that because it's the pure intentions. And somebody's got to filter out the bullshit, bro. So why right. not trust me to filter out the bullshit on your Stanley Cup teams? Why don't, why don't if you want to take this journey or grandma wants to take this journey or whatever, there's everything to everybody. And all I would say is if you – See, if you never want to smoke it or you never have to smoke it to get the benefits. And it's just about opening your mind to be educated and to realize, hey, I realized that I was lied to about a lot of stuff. You look at the way the way of the world, the way of the country, the political atmosphere. And I whenever I talk politics, I always caveat. Uh, remember, I'm Canadian. I can go home. I don't give a flying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go home. Dude, the country went. My whole country went legal, dude. Do you, I know you it. I love it. I moved back get it in the mail. Trudeau wanted me back in Canada so bad they turned it all legal. Then Michigan, they they legalized it, but they they gave the opportunity, you know, or more medically. So, um, you know, and I, I talk to anybody about it because I believe that everybody should, whether they do or they don't. That's not. I don't give a shit. I hope you don't, or for me, but. The fact that you got to know you have the option. I agree, exactly. Darren, 100%. Right. That, that's one thing I'm passionate about, too, is, is medical yeah, marijuana. And, and you do. You're a fucking adult. You're a human being. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're smart enough. You know, I mean, the thing is, if you can reproduce and you can choose if you want to drink, you want to, you know, do what I shove shit up your nose, I don't care. <laughs> if you're doing the shit I'm not doing, then don't do it around me. That's all. It, except, you know, my guys drink doesn't bother me one bit. It just because I know that that's not me anymore. Yeah. And, and right. This thing to be able to tell everybody because it's, I know who I am and who I want to be. And I get everything from this plant. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's something that, I, I mean, obviously people need to be like more educated on it, you know, with, with what media used to do to marijuana marijuana and cannabis back in the day, you know, there are still people that have that mindset and it, it needs to be completely flipped because that that's not, the narrative needs to change really. Um, Here's the thing. It is, it is. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Pandemic, you have more people looking, you know, not being able to access pain relief. And, you know, for me, the greatest gift was sleep. I'm an insomniac. And so like being an alcoholic and an insomniac, that's a bad fucking combination. You know, you're out for 12 hours, but you don't sleep, you know, and the only way you can get out is fucking by, you know, crushing fifths and shit. So it's a bad, bad way. So the, 
the fact too, you know, and I, I never smoked. I grew up in the, you're either a jock or a stoner. I mean, my buddies were stoners, but I couldn't, would never smoke because I thought I'd never make the NHL. So I didn't smoke till I was like 27 after I, they tried to fill me with pills and that was just not me. I, not pills, you know, like, so mm-hmm. um, it, it just was the, through the education and then, but times have changed. So I'm not going to get mad 10 years ago when you're prescribing me fucking Vicodin like crazy when the education is not there to the opioid crisis. And right. that is a relief in some form with cannabis and everything that it can do. So I'm just not going to allow anybody, you know, to be misinformed. You know, and I'm not going to let anybody be bullied because of it if I have a say in it. So people, I, that's, you know, I'm loud, loud and proud and, and because it's what I absolutely, you know, believe in. And, and I see it's not just me. There's tons and tons of people that feel the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I um so we we started like our podcast you know it, it just started off with Dustin and myself you know 5 months ago and we you know I, we've done pretty well you know in in these last 5 months and I wanted to you know throw it over to you what what made you guys start the grind time podcast and what's it about what do you guys talk about and where can people find you Well here's the here's the thing grind time with Darren McCarty and is whatever I want to talk about. It's usually like, uh, it's just guests, people that I know, people that I want to know. Um, I cover pretty much everything, but, you know, I, I'll do, you know, some, we've had, you know, I've had Ozzy and Drapes and Maltz, and I've had the guys on, you know, to talk hockey, but we talk life and, you know, they'll talk cannabis, you know, I'll, I'll you know, educate people on different things. So it's about everything. Grind time with Darren McCarty is whatever the fuck Darren McCarty wants. You know, that, that's Love pretty it. much. And I, and I, and why did I start it? Just, just because, um, I've never met a microphone I didn't like. And, um, you know, I have some, this, you know, something to say, and I, I always want to have an avenue to do it, but it's the whole thing for, with me, there's, see, I'm, I'm team, right. I, and, and if you think about it, I don't fight for myself. I mean, you can, I will fight for myself if you push me that far, but you can push me way further than you can if you push somebody that I love or if you put, so if you, so even though that, you know, my role in, you know, being the Darren McCarty or grind time, but I set it up as a team. And, you know, the one thing is, is that I tell everybody, if you do one thing, do it to the best of your ability and do it really well. Don't worry about doing two, three, four, five things. There's some people that can, you know, uh, Nick, who I, who's my business development, you know, one of my best buddies, he's a former military guy, so he can handle four and five different things. It's just, you know, it, it's surrounding yourself, you know, with, with people, um, that you enjoy surrounding yourself with, you know, it's, it's that, that's all it is. You know, our goal is to be able to go golfing whenever we want. And uh, that's what we're working towards. And in the, in the meantime, to conversate, meet new people, talk to old people, figure out what's going on. Just, you know, enjoy being a human being. That's right. I, I know that you, you like getting on the golf course. Have you hit the links yet this year? You know what I did? I uh, I went to Florida last week. Didn't play. Was out the boat. It was awesome all week. But uh, <laughs> no, I don't know if you guys follow ninety seven one at all. But oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, Sully uh, Valenti's producer, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Bogey and I played. Um, I I only played Sully and I only played nine uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but uh, I'll tell you this, guys, Jeff Rieger is the fucking worst golfer in the history of the world. I thought you were going the opposite way there. Hear me out. If I played like him, I would have quit so long ago. But I'll tell you this, he's the most fun. I will play with him every time because his attitude is – and he's not slow. But, dude, he'll be like – put it this way. I'll be like, you know, on the green at two. I'll be like, hey, Riggs, you'd be right in the green. I go, what are you lying? He's like, seven. I'm like seven. <laughs> he goes, yeah, but then I just chili whack one. Then I just, but you know what? And then he, 
up and down, try to give him a nine. No, I got a 10, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, but it's attitude. So, so it's, you don't have to be good. You know, you, you gotta be, you know, deliberate, right? All my, all my guys, we play deliberately. So, um, was gonna go tomorrow. It's gonna rain. So I oh, I'm gonna play Shepherd's Hollow with uh, beautiful, actually, beautiful oh, track. Uh, hey, I'm a, I'm a Clarkston uh, guy. You're right next to me. Uh, four years ago. Yeah, that's that's right next to me. I love it. Connor's yeah, looking for an invite. <laughs> I, hey, anytime. <laughs> right on. Right on. That's uh, yeah, number twenty one out there. As my, I've had two hole in ones. Number eight at um. Friggin' uh, Knollwood Private Club, and then uh, 21, and they say 21, they mm-hmm. have they have goofy nines out at Shepherd's Hollow, but it was uh, 146. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. All right, so we got a stick on our hands over here, boys. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> oh, I plugged that one, got lucky. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I shoot like low 80s, high 70s. Hey, well, hey, that's nothing to, uh, not, that's nothing to sniff at. That's, that's pretty great. That's like Connor on nine. <laughs> Bro, I, I like to carry the greatest eight in the country around. It, it's good for those. I played a lot of those pro-ams and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I don't, I'm looking to, it's one of those things. What do you put in to get out? And I know that I don't have time, you know, right now. Is that the one thing that, here's another uh, advice from DMAC. When you know yourself, see, I, I, that's why I have so many different things to do is so I can bounce from one to another. Cause if I get too committed on just one thing, then I'm, I'm all in. So it's a, it's a pacing mechanism. What I'm trying to say is I don't want to get too good. No, I'm just <laughs> Exactly. You're on the PGA at that point. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do I want to do that for? Right. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Well, um, and no, wait, I don't know, Tyler, Dustin, do you have any more questions? And I know that's a loaded question because we have about 4,000 more questions, but we, we'd love to have <laughs> you on again. And I, and I know uh, I really appreciate you have you coming on here. Yeah, no, no absolutely. Worries. Like I said, open up the communication lines and, uh, you know, and, you know, next time you talk about, you know, you want to end with uh, my favorite wing. I mean, and, and it doesn't Bertuzzi because he's special. But <laughs> yes, because you can't choose your own. But big big math is my guy. If he can stay healthy, and it's freak injuries. So right, yeah. I, uh, I like Big Mo. I like I like what they're building. Um, you know, I'm I'm optimistic. Hopefully, sooner than later. But yep, foundations hey. there. <laughs> well, you see it. You know it because, dude. The worst part was between 12 and 18, and it's just like you go to training camp, the boat leaves, it circles the harbor, it comes back in. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just – it's it's rough times in Detroit, but like you said earlier, we have the right guy to, to right the ship. So I completely trust an Eisenman. He's given nothing but – you know, he, he's look at his track record. I mean, there's no reason to question yeah, this guy. Sure you started in '82 or '83. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Start Don't start. Oh, did you? You can even start it. You know, the years that he did in Tampa. If you want to say as a GM, mm-hmm. it's knowing Stevie is it means as much, if not more, to get this thing right uh, for Mister Milicic and for City of Detroit. Um, than anybody you'll ever know. Like me, you'll know. I mean, like I'll tell you, him, he don't say shit, but I know. <laughs> I know, I know things, guys. My bet. <laughs> wait, wait, Here's Darren, Darren. You. Who do you guys? Who do you guys want? Uh, if we get number one pick, is it the? Uh, is it oh. trending at all year long, or do you guys pay attention? Does this uh, German kid have? Uh, some juice behind him. I forget his name. Yes, Dussel. Tim, Tim Stutzel. I, 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 I can see Eiserman taking him number one overall if we if we get that pick. Why? Why? Um, I just, I mean, I. If you look at I'll his, remember who you're talking to. 
With, with Eisenman? Well, that's why I don't think he'll take Lafreniere. I think he's going to take Strutzel because no one is ready for him to take him at three. But I think if he's paid enough attention and what he's done in World Juniors, I mean, if you look at a track record, he's not the biggest guy. But Strutzel's proven himself. Not that Lafreniere hasn't, but who knows? Maybe Lafreniere's overhyped kind of like Jack Hughes was this past year. And that's no disrespect to Jack Hughes. He's still a great hockey player. But I just think Strutzel... Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, like I said, he is awesome, dude. It's a, I mean, the, uh, you guys don't even understand. Wait till he friggin' hits. He's gonna have a growth spurt. The kid hasn't even hit puberty yet. Oh no! It, like we said, it's so easy to to judge watching through the TV. But uh, yeah, like you know, I, I'm not there seeing everything. But I'll give who you would a you? Teaser. When we're done recording, I'll give you my ants. I'll give you why I think you might be onto something. Ooh, okay. Mm. okay. I like that. I like it. I don't know about, but I'm not going to go on the record and right. say it. But I'll tell All you right. guys. Oh, I like right. when people say that I'm right. Tune in to Wing Sauce every week. <laughs> oh, there <yeah>. you go. <laughs> Darren, where, where can people find you on Instagram and, and Twitter and, and all that Instagram, stuff? Instagram, uh, Grind Time Podcast. Twitter, Grind Time DMAC25. Grind time with Darren McCarty on Facebook. Um, I think that's it. Anybody that wants awesome. to be all of me, go Nick at DarrenMcCarty.com. Just flood his freaking email. <laughs> that's awesome. awesome. Hey, Darren. thank you so much for coming on. We, we really do appreciate it. I, I know we've gone over a little bit here, but uh, we really do appreciate it, Darren. Thank you very much. Yep, uh, exactly. thank, thank you, you guys. And until we talk again, uh, Keep uh, Wing Wheeled Nation. Uh, we're go- We're on our way up, boys. We're on our way up. D-Max That's right. That's right. That's right. Can't Love get it. any worse than here. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you soon. Yep. Hey, um, you bet. Can you believe this goal by Darren McCarty? Move over, Mario. Here I come. That is Yanni Niedema that went for the outside inside and had an incredible move. Man, what a great interview with Darren McCarty. I, I, I can't thank him enough for coming on. Uh, great stories. Super nice to be able to kind of get the uh, down and dirty detail, if you will, about his career, his life after hockey. Uh, Connor, what are you thinking? No, I mean, we touched on it even before in the, when the in the beginning of the episode, just how nice of a guy he was. And and I, and I think people are really going to enjoy some of those stories. And, um, and for all the listeners, too. I mean, he was able to... He came on even before we were recording, told us some stories, and then stayed on after, and um, it, which was really great. And it just shows you what kind of guy he is. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Tyler, what do you think? Oh, Connor with the pass, nice. Um, Justin, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> 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 no, I I thought it was amazing. Um, I think probably my my favorite part about the whole thing is just the the whole comeback in two thousand eight. Because so many people don't know about that story. You know, a lot of people know Darren McCarty as the guy who, you know, punched Le- Claude Lemieux's face in or got the cup clinching goal in 97 or scored a, a hat trick against Wa in 02. They don't know him for, for all the stuff he had to do to come back in 2008. He had to overcome a lot of stuff. And, um, and so that's probably my favorite part. I wanted to hear your guys' favorite part. I'll start with, uh, with Dustin. What was your favorite part? So it's really hard for me to kind of narrow it down to one favorite part, Tyler, but I I do agree with you. I think the coolest thing about Darren is he's human just like the rest of us, right? He made it, he's a super modest guy for how unmodest he could really be. I mean, four time Stanley cup winner, he could, I mean, that's, that's big deal. Um, So it was really nice hearing, you know, his entire story, his struggles that, you know, that people deal with. It's not, you know, super easy rainbows and butterflies. Always. He's human. So, you know, yeah, it, I think that was the coolest thing is, you know, being able to talk to someone like that an idol growing up, you know, Tyler Connor, we both, we all three watched him growing up playing. So I think it was really cool to be able to talk to him and, you know, just realizing he's human like the rest of us and really awesome guy and really appreciate him coming on. What, what do you think Connor? Yeah, I mean, Tyler, I think you asked the question about the Joey Kosher fight. Um, I thought, <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Uh, you know, we kind of hit that right out of the gate, which that was a really cool story to just start off everything 
um, you know, the whole episode with. So, or the whole interview with. So, I mean, I, that part was great. Hearing him talk about the hat trick and Tyler, you brought up what Eiserman said. I think McCarty had it in his book, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just kind of those those details that that are pretty interesting to hear, especially coming directly from, you know, him. So I, the whole thing was fun and it was a blast. And yeah, so hold up. On that 0-2 hat trick, I think the funniest thing was was this, him telling the story about his son, right? Like, yeah, dad, <laughs> go, go out, go out and get me a goal. Uh, the team. We gotta be. <laughs> but I, the funny thing is, I found a picture of him with his son on his shoulders, right? And then he yeah. tells the story about how you know back in 08, he's like, "Yeah, you're not getting on my shoulders again." Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought that I thought that was funny hearing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, I I just. The the whole thing was was incredible. He you know he was very real with us at times. You know, get, getting into stuff that maybe some other people would would kind of shy away from. Um, and I don't know. I, I just think that it was it was all inclusive. Just a an amazing interview. I think it was awesome. Yeah, and ho- and and hopefully we have uh, you know similar stuff like that coming down the the pike a little bit too. So um, I think we got some good stuff lined up. Absolutely. Real quickly. Um, last thing on, on Darren, everyone needs to follow him because they, they need to like personally thank him because he's a big reason why Steve Eiserman came back and why he's our general manager right now. And yep. you'll, you'll hear, you have heard that story already because now you're at the end of the episode, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so yes. Give him a follow, guys. Uh, Grind Time Podcast on Instagram. Um, the Real Darren McCarty on Instagram. Listen to his podcast. Uh, and like Tyler said, thank him for coming on. Anything else, boys? Actually, yeah. So, um, oh, we, we we've been yeah. So, oh, <laughs> well, 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 well. Hmm, I like yeah. it. So, uh, we we did some. We did some digging and uh, reached out to yet another person who has been involved with the Red Wings organization for quite some time now. Definitely, I, I would say it's been over over twenty years now, and probably a, probably a really big voice for the Red Wings, right? I would say he's a, he's a big voice. He, he's so a recognizable too. voice. <laughs> Absolutely, so, uh, can't say can't say who it is right now, but hopefully that'll be a little you know dangling the carrot. We'll see. Yes, sir. We'll see if people hey. can guess. Beautiful. And I think we're I think we're gonna have a giveaway coming up. That's right. So, so yeah, I Dustin, think we're gonna have that. Yeah, uh, you, I think we're gonna do that. We got some stuff. Um, sorry, I keep on interrupting you, Tyler, but I'm gonna keep on going with what I'm saying. <laughs> Go um, ahead. The, the Red Wings Foundation. I was lucky enough to win some stuff, so I'm gonna pay it forward to all of you, awesome fans, with some of the stuff that I got. Um, I think we're gonna do a wing sauce T-shirt as well. Um, so whoever gets it will be the first fan with a wing sauce t-shirt, which is exciting. I was just going to say, it's such a shame that you didn't, you weren't able to keep, uh, you weren't able to keep that applicator Jersey. I know he's your favorite. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing it would have made better is if you got an Erickson one, right? Well, or that or Howard, <laughs> right? Any one of them. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Awesome, boys. Anything else? No, not at all. I'm all set. Alrighty. All right, let's get the puck out of here. See you guys next week. Tune in next week. See you.